continuing study in stewardship tonight. Uh, we'll focus on the topic of <clears throat> helping others. And um, so, first thing I'd like to do is uh, just quick review and think about think about the these foundational uh, elements of stewardship in the context of helping others. Okay, so. For example, you know, wh- what must I appreciate in order to help others? And of course, the first we've said is life is a matter of choices. So, helping others is a choice that I have to make. All right. Uh, we say and acknowledge that everything belongs to God. And so, and when I'm helping others, I am only giving what already belongs to God. Uh, A steward is accountable to the owner and so what's the corollary to helping others? Maybe. What will we be held accountable for? Helping or not helping. Alright. Did I help others or did I not? A steward is held accountable to the owner. Uh, Contentment is a learned behavior. And so think about this. Helping others will assist me in learning to be content. And that will come through practice. Uh, We think about the categories of stewardship. You know, treasure, talents, and time. And so... I should be willing to help others in those regards. Uh, what, what am I able to do? Uh, what have I been blessed with treasure-wise? Uh, how do I use my time to, to share with others? And again, I, I, for me, I think of help others, and for some reason, you know, financial just comes first to mind. But probably, uh, in some ways, that may be the least valuable resource that we have to help others. Uh, in truth. Uh, A steward must be faithful or trustworthy. So again, think about the fact that uh, I have been entrusted by God to help others. And then finally, uh, we are stewards and must seek wise counsel. So, how I help others should be subject to the wise counsel of others who may be more knowledgeable. And um, no doubt some things we'll talk about tonight uh, fall into this category. You know, we think about the idea of helping, okay? How do I really help somebody? Do I just assume their responsibility? Is that helping? You know, uh, do they... They may have an apparent, they may have an, uh, a, a visual obvious need, but is there something underneath that that's even more basic that they need more than the one that seems to be most obvious? And so sometimes that, that requires wisdom. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hold my comments on the rest of that for later. So, um, <clears throat> tonight's lesson... Uh, We have 26 total lessons, so we're winding down here. And our lesson aims for tonight are that we would be able to describe how 
covetousness impacts our ability to help others. To explain how the early Christians in Acts 4 were fulfilling a Jewish ideal in helping one another, this idea of no needy person among them, and that we would be able to apply the Old Testament practice of giving 10% to God as a guide to helping others. And so with that, uh, Bob, would you lead us in prayer today? Our Holy Father, we give you uh, thanks and honor and glory uh, for allowing us to be here tonight together safely to assemble here in this place, open your, your book of life, and pour over it with our eyes and our minds. Oh God, thank you for giving us your mind written down so that we can understand it and what precious teaching you have left for us, oh God. Uh, help us see the, the, the message that you have uh, sent to us through uh, your Son, Jesus Christ, and through all those who have gone on before us, uh, especially in, in this context of stewardship, Father, and uh, that our lives are not our own, that uh, you need nothing from us, but we all need everything from each other. And, and we pray, oh God, that we can take that to heart and know and understand that uh, we serve you by uh, giving ourselves away to other people. Help us uh, see that and see where we can grow in that and encourage one another in that very thing. Give us uh, insight and understanding this day. It's in Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay, in Proverbs... In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 and 28, and I've got that on the screen here, but if you want to turn to it as well, you can. Proverbs 3, verses 27 and 28 uh, reads, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. So, the question that I asked you to think about and, and answer was to give at least two current day applications of how we make use, we can make use of this instruction. And again, the idea of um, doing good to others, helping others, how does this come into play? What'd you, what were your thoughts? Joy. Well, I just had said if someone needs something and I have the ability to provide it, I should not hesitate. Okay. And I should be immediate in yeah. doing whatever it needs to be done. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Thank you. You might see another uh, application of that. Correct. It's it's not financial, but yeah. I know I've been guilty of hearing that someone has a need or they're going through something challenging and I'll say I will pray for you and maybe I don't get around to doing that yeah. forget about it instead why not just can I pray for you right now that's yeah thank you what, what are the benefits of that obvious number one it gets done <laughs> are there other benefits to that I think it just it, it shows and 
a genuine concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Azolda. And I think even the person that you are praying for, it, it, it has happened to me where <coughs> somebody prayed for me right then and there, and that is just so uplifting and encouraging, mm -hmm. knowing that the person is actually praying and to hear it. And it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many of you may have been in the prayer class that we studied, uh, that Mike and I led recently, but I recall uh, a situation from that study where uh, it was noted in, in a book that uh, this person from another country was attending a conference and they went, and it was a, a spiritual conference, and they, they went up to the speaker and uh, asked the speaker if they would, you know, they had a, an issue and they asked if they would pray for the, this issue and they took time right there and the comment was made how many, how many of us would approach someone in a situation like that and ask them for their prayers and expect them to stop and pray with you, you know, right then and yet this person, that was their mentality and why is, why is it not mine more often to, to seek prayers? Uh, okay, so good. Thank you, Craig. Joy. Well, this, and maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but this kind of goes along with Tommy's talk. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're jumping oh, too I far ahead. I had to hold myself back earlier, so I would, I'm going to put the same on you, Joy. Uh, <clears throat> if we don't get to it later, uh, okay. if, it doesn't, if it isn't not adequately addressed, be sure and bring that back up. Okay. Um, also, would, would this not apply to, for example, you know, not just with money, as was mentioned, but prayers and maybe this, you know, oh, well, I, I could help you, but mm, uh, I don't know if I really want to do that. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. Uh, or it could, it could involve the repayment of debts in a timely fashion. Um, a few sayings that uh, connect with this. You've heard the saying, talk is cheap, right? <laughs> Kind of fits with your uh, comment, Craig. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you, and then and then we don't. Um, I like this statement: He gives twice, who gives promptly? Okay. And finally, what comes out of one's mouth is not in his hand. And so again, there's things that we say but don't necessarily do um, that uh, don't fall in line with this with this proverb. Uh, this Ephesians 2.10 came to mind about how we are made for good works. Yeah. And when something is, comes before our eyes, God is giving us an opportunity to do exactly what delights Him and what we are designed for. Yeah. Yeah. So we should be eager right. to lay hold of uh -huh. Good. And maybe we should be... Uh, even more prayerful about that, you know. Uh, give us opportunities and open our eyes so that we see and are, are willing to take hold of those opportunities. Okay, um, the topic of generosity leading to blessings. Let's read these passages together. Proverbs 19, Proverbs 19 and verse 17. Proverbs 19 and verse 17. Andrew, please. <clears throat> Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. All right. Um, so, the poor uh, won't be able to repay necessarily, but the Lord will. Think about it. 
He's the one who has all of the funds. He has all of the resources available, so we are to be generous. Okay, um, Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22 and verse 9. Sarah, you want to read that? Proverbs 22 and verse 9. He who is generous will be blessed, for he gives some of his food to the poor. Okay. And then Proverbs chapter 25, Proverbs 25, verses 21 and 22. Uh, do you have that, Justin? Yeah. I think, yeah. 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will keep burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. All right. So I have this question. Should these passages motivate us to help others? Should they motivate us to help others? <laughs> kind of. But, but, I mean, it's like, if you're lending to the poor man, you're giving to the poor man so that you can be said to have lent to the Lord and thus get the blessing. Yeah, that kind of yeah. short circuits the way that works. Yes. But understanding that that is what happens when you are generous is yeah. maybe a different yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Pharisee that prays in the open. Uh-huh. Everyone can see him. Okay, okay. I mean, if you're looking for the reward, you're not doing it for the right reason. That's right, that's right. So we need to watch our motives. Uh... And but what what would be the what would be the best motive? Love. Love. That's right. Uh, we love God and we love others, and so therefore we are motivated because of that to help. Uh, and when we do that, the recognition that God sees and God will reward, and we tr- we trust that. Uh, Dave Ramsey said this: God is a giver. And we are made in His image. If we are to be like God, we must be givers also. So, uh, it is a biblical truth or biblical uh, principle that generosity leads to blessing. Of course, we can't help but think uh, Acts 20 and verse 35. Anybody remember what that says? Uh, It is more... Blessed to give than to receive. Okay. Uh, let's look at uh, generosity and greed contrasted. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Hannah, Proverbs 11, 24 to 26. There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. He who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21, verses 25 and 26. Proverbs 21, verses 25 and 26. Tony, will you have that? The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hand refuses to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Okay. 
greed or in this case laziness perhaps uh, contrasted with generosity and finally Proverbs 28 Proverbs 28 and verse 27 and Bob you have that Proverbs 28 27 he who gives to the poor will never want but he who gives I'm sorry but he who shuts his eyes will have many curses okay all right Um, sorry I was unclear in who I was calling on uh, you'll be you'll be you'll be coming up soon, Bob. Uh, Monday. <coughs> so um, next week. <laughs> <laughs> Question number five in the assignment said: Name at least three pressures that work against us when trying to help others. Think about you know. It, it, it seems like, does it not, an obvious thing? I mean, we're made in the image of God. We love others. Um, we, uh, we want to help. So what are, some, what are some pressures that work against us uh, helping others? I don't know whether to call it fear or a lack of trust, or it's, but it's the, if I give this away to them... <clears throat> and I need it tomorrow, I won't have it, and I don't trust God enough to provide for me. Uh-huh, so. uh-huh. Yeah, very good. Monday. Um, is it the best use of time, treasure, talent? Okay, yeah. It, Jesus, in this example, he accepted <coughs> the perfume mm-hmm. when there were still poor people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, kind of that back to the the, wis- the need for wisdom and, and discernment in, in these matters. Okay, that can be a pressure. One of the age-old struggles we all have is we have opportunity to do good, and I have a selfish ambition. Okay. And the war is on. Yeah. You know, I know I need to do this, but... Very good. Very good. Along with that, I was thinking about like greediness of my time. Uh-huh. I could do that, but that's going to make my day really busy. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. that's really just being yeah. maybe greedy with my time. Yeah, yeah. I think pride, we look, we tend to look down on the people who have less. Yes. Like, well, they have less because obviously it's their fault. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They've, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still kind of in the area of wisdom um, is what you're doing. Uh, helping someone, or is it enabling? Right, right, right. And and those again, those are those are pressures that that uh, can be a, a, a an influence to to sometimes maybe help us, and then sometimes to work against us. So you know, are we are we hiding behind those uh, realities, or are we using them to make good decisions? What about what about lack of planning? Lack of planning. Um, so, question number three, or maybe it was number four. Anyway, if the Old Testament practice of giving 10% back to God serves as a guide to our giving on the first day of the week, how should we approach helping others? Now, I made an assumption there uh, that maybe there is some help in that. Uh, we could choose to talk about that, but let's let's just leave that for now. Um, 
I, I believe, I believe that the uh, the Old Testament practice of giving ten percent to God is helpful. It's helpful in guiding my thinking. I don't think it's a standard. I don't think it's a requirement, but I do think it's helpful uh, to know that God, God's people in the Old Testament were given that instruction. We're instructed to give. We're not told how much. We're to give as we've been prospered. We're to give with the right frame of mind and cheerfully. So what does that look like? Well, I don't know, but I think it's no, no doubt. Uh, or it's arguably helpful to have that information. But anyway, how should we approach helping others, maybe even in the context of how we give on the first day of the week? Andrew. In that it's a forethought, and the fact that you pre-planned that, um, I don't think it was Dave Ramsey, but he talks about how he got money out of the bank every Monday because he knows he's going to see a homeless person uh, on the way home, and so he'd always give $20 to, throughout the week he planned to get rid of that $100, uh-huh. by, which is a very simple um, plan, but it shows forethought and an expectation to look for uh, how to help people. Yeah, good, thank you. I'm thinking, like, in the sense, in the sense of time, um, what would devoting ten percent of our week look like? How many mm-hmm. hours would that be mm-hmm. that we could do something for someone else? Whether it's, I mean, volunteering at a soup kitchen, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking meals to someone, whatever, whatever that is. How many hours would that be? How many hours of the week or the day, and what could that look like? How could you incorporate that in a daily practice? I mean, yeah, I, and I like that because again, I think you know, obviously, there are some situations where you know money is going to be helpful, but I think in the end, sometimes, many times, time investment is even more meaningful and lasting perhaps than you know tossing dollars at a situation. So talking about time, talent, and treasure, what does giving of talent mean? Is that uh, teaching someone uh, to help themselves? Okay. What is okay. Okay. It's a good challenge. That was a question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Utilization of your abilities. Okay. Okay. Put them to work. Okay. Uh, I know I know there have been multiple occasions where uh, I've had something going on at my house and I needed help. Uh, sometimes it was just, uh, you know, a, an additional hand or two, and then sometimes it was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, and I need, uh, I need someone's assistance. And uh, it's, it's nice to know people who are able and willing to make themselves available in that regard. But I like your thought about it's not just always just coming and, and doing for someone else. Maybe it's sharing that talent in a way then that uh, equips them to be able to not only serve themselves but to go in turn help others. Even just, even just encouraging someone who is, you know, Blacksmithing, or you know, mm-hmm. say you're a blacksmith and you know somebody is doing that, 
encouraging them and saying, this is a very nice night. Next time, make it a little bit mm -hmm. hotter and mm -hmm. then you'll get it straighter or mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Yeah. And just that idea that, yeah, here's here's your here's something that you can do and that encouragement concept. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember the old uh, quotation, uh, but the, the idea of the quotation was, uh, you know, with the thinking of everything belongs to God. Yeah. And that's that's our time, talent, all those things came mm -hmm. to us from Him. Mm -hmm. And the old quotation said, the only way you can uh, bank something spiritually is just give it away. Uh. Just give it away. So whatever the Lord has given us, the only way it will matter is if we give it away, we benefit someone else with it. We sacrifice that yeah. for their good and benefit. Yeah. And not to our glory, but to his glory mm -hmm. he gave, mm -hmm. gave us the ability. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if this is where the question is supposed to go. Um, I think there there could be the temptation of thinking, well, I, I gave my check to the church on Sunday, therefore... You know, I gave it the office. That, yeah, that right. can be benefiting, you know, those in need, and so I've kind of paid my due. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't even the case in the old law. Yes, no. they tithed, but they also left the corners of their field yeah. available for the poor. Yeah. They also were commanded. Additionally, if your neighbor comes to you in the middle of the night asking for something, you give it. Yeah. Um, so we should also be prepared for additional means of, yes. of service. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a much younger self kind of kind of thought that, yeah. Yeah. Well, my my giving <laughs> that happens on Sunday, right? And no, yes, and 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 uh, and again, think I think as was mentioned planning can play into that. Uh, should play into that, maybe must play into that, and doesn't mean that uh, it has to be a huge amount. But how you how how we use our, our resources, I think, uh, is very important. We t we talked about greed. Um, it makes me think uh, of uh, perhaps Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter five, who. Uh, wanted to look like they were helping others and in fact they were but maybe not to the extent that they wanted to be recognized for it and back to the kind of the, the Pharisee and the and the tax collectors you know are, are we doing this for a show um, there's a, a, a man who has written books on financial counseling financial matters called Ron Blue he, he reported that um, his client's giving goes up on average by a factor of four when they develop plans to give compared with what they were giving before doing such planning. So again, it kind of underscores the importance of, of planning. That when you plan, this, this man, uh, based on his experience, says those who plan give four times as much as, as before when they didn't plan. And I, I find that interesting. You might think, well, they might give extra, but really four times as much? Uh, that's interesting. What's, uh, what's wrong with this statement? 
if only I could make more money, then I would use it to help others. You will never make enough. So you makes it, you think of the the passage uh, in Luke sixteen. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. The Brians gave out of poverty. And if, if you're unwilling to do that, even when you're impoverished, yeah. no, amount of, no amount of wealth will change that heart. Yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not in this class this quarter or not, but uh, I w- I've always been impressed with the, the story, and it's true, um, a, uh, a need was made known to a local group of Christians, um, an opportunity to uh, help support some people in another country with a particular need, and uh, when, when it came time uh, to, to provide the, the, uh, the offering to support this effort, one family uh, chose to take their their grocery meat budget for the month and said, we're going to donate this amount and we're going to choose to eat beans uh, the rest of the month and use the remainder of that meat budget for this uh, opportunity. I have to stop and think. When have I, when have I ever been, one, so resourceful (laughs) and two, so selfless to think about sacrifice? And I went, is that really sacrifice? Well, it is in my mind, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. There have been lots and lots of studies done over the years that show that poor people have a greater percentage of their income than white people. And one time a few years ago, I was on a city bus and some guy got on who was fumbling around and you know couldn't pay his fare and before I could even reach for my purse, before I could even really process that thought there were probably six people who jumped up and were at the front of the bus here brother, here brother, here I'll take care of it you know and I thought at first I thought do they know this guy and then I figured out when he came toward the back of the bus that he, you know, no, they were introducing, yeah. everybody was introducing themselves. Nobody knew this man. And there were five or six other men, they were all men who ran up and were all willing, and somebody did pay his fare. And these <clears throat> were all working people yeah. yep. in, you know, like hotel uniforms or mm-hmm. hospital uniforms. These are all people who take the bus to work every day. Yeah. And did not have jobs. Yeah, they had a menta- sounds like they had a mentality that they were ready uh, to help. Sarah, you had a hand up earlier. Do you still want to come in? Um, the if only I could make more money, then I would use it to help others. Also, it kind of says the only way that I can help others is if I have money. That's right. And, and yeah. so the the idea that. You have to have money in order to help someone. Just doesn't quite work. Yeah. We uh, not too long ago um, speaking with folks uh, about being a part of the Avon family, 
and uh, and the question was asked, well, uh, who who can we serve? Can can you give us some names of some people that we could go serve as we start becoming a part of the family here? And I thought, wow, what a <laughs> what a great question to ask and to want to be put to work. And it didn't involve didn't didn't have to really necessarily involve money, but who who has needs? Who who needs a visit? Uh, who can we serve? Yeah. Uh, some New Testament passages on generosity. Let's read these together. <clears throat> James one, James one, and verse twenty-seven. This will be a familiar passage. James one and verse twenty-seven. Enjoy when you get there. I'll let you read, please. I think I read this Sunday. <laughs> because I have trouble finding it. Uh, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one unstained by the world. Alright. Oneself unstained by the world. Yeah. So again, uh, being generous, <laughs> ministering to providing for, supplying the needs of. Those are, all, I think, all uh, concepts built into this idea of, of you know, visiting the, the orphans and widows in their distress. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And Bob, Monday, if you would read <clears throat> this section, Matthew 25, verses 34 through 46. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom is prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did, we, when did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of, the, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And you will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of these, to, the least of these you did not do for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment with the righteous to eternal life. I'm always convicted by this reading. Let's look at Acts 2. Acts chapter 2. Verses 41 through 47. Amanda, do you have that? Yeah. And those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. 
Now all who believed were together and all had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They valued the brothers over their possessions. And then Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Ella, if you'll read that, Acts 4, 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. All right. Um... Looking there in that Acts 4 passage and looking at verses 32, 33, and 34. Look back, keep your finger there if you want to, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy chapter 15. And Ella, if you go ahead and read uh, verse 4. But there will be no poor among you, for the Lord will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess. Alright, so this was, this was uh, a promise that God made to the children of Israel that as they followed Him, uh, that there would be no poor among them because God was the one giving them their inheritance. And I find it interesting then to see how this was becoming a reality played out among God's people here as the church was beginning in Acts, uh, uh, here in Acts 4. There was not a needy person among them. And you see how, you see how God had promised to bless His people, uh, Israel, and we see how God is blessing His people um, uh, in the New Testament. I find, I find that interesting. So, uh, these early believers uh, were living up to, to both uh, uh, maybe a Greek and a Jewish ideal. Uh, that God's promise would hold true that there would be no needy person among them. And that's what we see here. We see uh, verse 33 points out that abundant grace was upon them. And you see how then uh, uh, Barnabas, Joseph, uh, was reciprocating the grace that he had received from God as he turned over property to help take care of those who were in need. Maybe another way of thinking about that is God's grace motivates 
genuine generosity. Thoughts or comments? All right. <clears throat> Moving toward a conclusion here. Uh, turn to Second Thessalonians chapter three. Second <clears throat> Thessalonians chapter three. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to let you read this for us, please. Second Thessalonians three verses ten through twelve. <clears throat> for even when we were with you, we would give you this command: If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. And go ahead and read 13 also. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Okay. So, um, how how does this instruction balance our thinking on helping others. We've kind of hinted at this. Bob's made a couple comments in this direction. What's what's the takeaway, would you say, from this text on the topic of helping others? Justin, what do you think? All right, that's fair. Tony, what do you think? That um, you don't want to be enabling someone. Yeah. But the tough part about that is, is that from one side of it, you can always be withholding from people. Yeah. Because you never trust someone that what will they use it always right. 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 That at times may be best to be defrauded for their benefit. It's easy to be to be jaded, is it not? Yeah. And now everybody, you see, oh well, they're they're lazy. They're going to misuse the funds. God will judge them for how they use generosity. He's going to judge me on how I help others. I was thinking more back about the bus example. Yeah. You know, so many people were willing to help probably because they had been in that situation before. <laughs> you know, and so when, when I have received generously... Um, it makes me so much more, uh, have so much more empathy for yeah. somebody who's in a tough situation. Um, you know, maybe that, that's good for me to have that empathy and to know that I don't need to be jaded. Yeah. I, I need to be empathetic yeah. to whatever someone might be doing. And I think that's why verse 13 follows that, that text. And, you know, do not grow weary in doing good. Did you have a comment? That was my thought. He's telling these other people, like, get to work, <coughs> do it quietly. You know, you're, you're supposed to be doing that. But then <coughs> he kind of, like, opens it up and says, don't you guys stop doing what you're already yeah. doing. Like, don't let it influence you. Don't be the, the jaded person. Yeah. I've helped this guy so many times to fix this situation, and yet here I am doing it for the hundredth time. Yeah. He's, so he, it, it's kind of that that dichotomy there where you're like I, I have to keep doing my part even if they're not willing to do their part but I need to encourage them to do their part yeah. but I still have my part I like the saying fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me but I need to be careful there right yeah, yeah 
it's it's only God that can look on the heart. You know, we we see the exterior and uh, do our best, but at, at the same time, uh, the benefit of the doubt is uh, where we should stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we end up making judgments about other people's lives in, for people we don't even know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're reading we're reading the cover yeah. and and making judgments. Yeah. Yes, Joy. I do think that if we know the history of a person, and yes, and, and the maybe the best thing we could do for them is to maybe help them this time. Uh-huh. But uh, we will encourage you, or we will even find a way that they can find a job. Or right. Something right. To to change things. Yeah. So I think you, you you're really keying in on is how do I help them best? Yeah, and being good stewards too of our abilities yeah. or funds or whatever. Yeah. One of the things that um, I was, I used, to, I, when I lived in Raleigh, I worked in downtown Raleigh, and there were always people around begging or whatever, and, you know, if you're leaving work a little bit late, you're not going out with the herd, and, and so there might be someone who would approach you and say, hey, I'm hungry, can you give me a few bucks kind of thing. <coughs> And there was always that, yeah, what are you going to go use it for? Are you, you know, and so some, some, some folks gave me the advice, well, you know, go to, take them to Wendy's or whatever and buy them food. Right. Um, you know, buy them 20 bucks worth of food or whatever. And I always liked that advice. Um, I know as a woman <laughs> living alone, and it's six o'clock at night on a Friday. Yeah. Down, it, it wasn't a really tenable solution for most of the right. time to try something like that. But just the idea that okay, you're hungry, let's go get you some food. Yeah, I, I can't give you cash. You know? Right, right. <clears throat> you think about this. Uh, we're not gonna have time to talk about that, but I think that's a valid thought as parents of children and what your goals are there for growing up do you want your children to have great wealth and be thinking about then the kinds of things that you prioritize and you emphasize with them uh, i love this john wesley story where he earned 30 pounds in his first year of preaching he lived on 28 and gave two away the next year he earned 60 pounds he lived on 28 and gave 32 away this continued as he earned 90 and 120 pounds in the next two years. By the end of his preaching, he was earning 1,200 pounds per year. He lived on 30 and gave the rest away. I'm challenged. I'm challenged by that. And I don't know if we've got time or not, but uh, maybe you heard some of this uh, lesson, especially the end. to go back to the book of Acts to look at what these early Christians did with their possessions, how they treated their possessions and to seek to imitate them. Just a couple of weeks ago I was driving home from school one day and I came to a portion of the road away I didn't generally take and, and at this portion of the road was a homeless man 
hungry, dejected. Uh, he didn't say dejected, but you know, it was he was dejected, hungry, homeless. If he had the bottom, God bless you. Well, I generally didn't go that way home. I wasn't expecting to see him. Didn't have any money in my pocket. And was there at the red light, looking at this man, thinking about this lesson today. Thinking, what am I going to do? And I know that that is a real challenge because we don't want those people. We don't want our. We want our money to go to helping the poor and not to enabling them to continue a bad habit. But as all these thoughts are running through my mind, another car stops alongside the road. And a man gets out and begins walking toward this homeless man. He has in his hand a foot-long Subway sandwich, which he hands to the homeless person. And in the sight of everyone who was watching this, and this was visible to all kinds of people along the road, and there were some of us, no doubt, that had our eyes focused only upon him. I was close enough to almost read his lips, and he said, let's pray. And in the presence of all those cars, he led that man in prayer, thanking him for that food. Now, I don't know who that was. I don't know where he goes to church. But I know that day, I was the priest and the Levite while he was the Samaritan. May God help us to imitate him. And may God use these few things we've said. Thank you. Uh, class on... Class on... Uh, Sunday will be the stewardship of our influence. Thanks.